Parshas Karach tells us the story of Karach's attempt to become Kohen Gadol. And even though Aaron had been appointed by Hashem, Karach felt himself to be a better candidate. And we read about how Karach is punished, not just he, but all the people who also wanted to become Kohenim Gadolim and also offered Katerus and our all 250 candidates were punished, were burnt, and only Aaron Akoyan remained. And now I want to ask you a question, Rabbi Sai. And that is, we see obviously Karach was wrong because Hashem didn't choose him to be the Kohen Gadol. Well, what I want to know is, was Karach even a candidate? Was it even the potential Kohen Gadol? Just he wasn't chosen? Or maybe Karach lacked the qualities necessary to be a Kohen Gadol. So, what are the qualities which are necessary to be a Kohen, to be a Kohen Gadol? So, I'd like to start with a story which is well known, which seems to answer this question. But I'll be honest with you, and I'll say that I don't understand the story. Perhaps one of you can explain it to me. And we'll see what else we can find. And the story is well known. It's a story of Shimon Schwab, Zechron Lebrach, used to tell about the one time that he met the Chafetz Chaim. And that was over a Shabbos on his way back to America. He had this chos to spend Shabbos in Radin and he met the Chafetz Chaim, Zechron Lebrach. And he said over that when he met the Chafetz Chaim, the Chafetz Chaim asked him, he told me something, are you a Koyen? And he answered, no. So the Chafetz Chaim asked him, and why aren't you a Koyen? So he said, because my father wasn't a Koyen. So the Chafetz Chaim pushed the point further, and he said, and tell me something, why wasn't your father a Koyen? So Rav Shimon Shwab understood enough to think, to, to say, not to say, because my grandfather wasn't a Kohen. Obviously, the Chafetz Chaim wanted something else. So he kept quiet. So the Chafetz Chaim said, I'll tell you. He said, I, I am a Kohen. And you're not a Kohen. Why? He says, because 3,300 years ago, when Moshe came down from Har Sinai, and he saw that some of the Jewish people had sinned and served the Egel Azov, so Moshe stood up and shouted, Mila Hashem Eli, who is for Hashem is coming to join me? Who is willing to stand up and fight for Hashem? And when that happened, says my ancestors came forward to answer Moshe's call. And that's why they became Kohenim. And yours didn't. And now I understand the point of the story. I understand that Chaim saw somebody who was going to go back to America, a place which was much further from the bastions of Yiddishkeit that there were in Europe. And the Chavetz Chaim felt he had to give this person chizuk for the importance to stand up for Hashem, to answer the call of Mid Hashem Eli. And therefore he showed him how much long-term benefits Chavet Levi had by answering Moshe's call, that their descendants remained over there Hashem until today. I understand the point of the story. But what I don't understand is 
those who answered Moshe's call, those who took arms to attack those who had served the Eglazov, were rewarded that they became Levim, not Kohanim. It was Shavit Levi who stood up and said, and answered the call of Bin Hashem and as a result of that, Shavit Levi were chosen to be the Levim. We don't find that they became Kohanim. On the contrary, Aaron became a Kohen and his children. And Aaron wasn't one of those who stood up to say, answer me, Hashem To some extent, Aaron and Kohen was involved in the Egerazov. And therefore, the point of the story is true. And the reward that the Levim got for their mysterious nefesh, for their dedication, makes sense. But if you're going to ask the question, what entitles one to be a Kohen? What are the prerequisites that Hashem looks to to confer to Kohuna on somebody? We can't look to the master of Shevet Levi's mysterious nefesh. Because that made them into Levim, not into Kohen. And therefore, let's look what do we find about Aaron HaKoyen that made him worthy of the one being chosen to be the Kohen. The Torah doesn't tell us too much. The Torah tells us Aaron was chosen and his descendants after him. But what was the incident that because of that Aaron was chosen? What, so to speak, are the qualities that Hashem is looking for to appoint somebody a coin? So if we look carefully, we'll find there's a Midrash which discusses this about Aaron a coin. Except maybe we think of it as a relatively minor point. And therefore what we need to do is we need to understand what the Midrash is telling us. And understand why this is the point which entitled Aaron to be the Kohen. So this is what the Midrash says. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, I want to appoint you as a leader. I want to appoint you as a leader to go out and bring the Jewish people from Mitzrayim. I want to appoint you as the leader to be the Navi who's going to relay Dvar Hashem to Paroi. And I want you to be the leader who's going to lead Klai Yisrael to the foot of Har Sinai and bring them to, the, to, to receive the Torah. And Moshe is very reluctant to accept. And eventually Moshe reveals the cause of that reluctance. And that is, maybe his older brother Aaron will be offended. Because Moshe had been in Midian while Aaron had remained in Mitzrayim. And Aaron had become the de facto leader of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim. Perhaps even their Novi. And therefore, for Moshe as the younger brother to come back. And so to speak, usurp Aaron's authority. Take away the position that he had held. Moshe didn't want to do that. And Hashem's answer to Moshe is, I know that he'll be happy. And why does it call him Halevi? So over here Chazal say, until now Aaron was Halevi. 
But in this incident, Aaron demonstrated that he's worthy of becoming a Kohen. Because he'll see Moshe come, his younger brother. Moshe is coming with Advar Hashem. That he's chosen to be the leader. He's going to from now and be the Navi. And that's effectively taking away the position and the authority that Aaron had held. And yet, the Samach Beliboy. Aaron is going to stand down willingly, happily, and transfer the mantle of leadership to his younger brother. This entitles him to be okay. Why? What's the middle that Hashem is looking for to confer Kohen on somebody? It's a very deep point here, Rabbi. So let's understand it together. There's a description in the Novi Malachi of what a coin is meant to be. And the Novi Malachi says the following. He says, Kisifsei koyen yishmerudas. The lips of the koyen are going to guard the wisdom of the Torah. The Torah And therefore, people who want Torah will ask, ask it from him. He will be the authority, he will be the source of the Torah. Besides the fact that he's the Kohen. Why? The Malachi gives a description. Ki Malach Hashem The Kohen is compared to a Malach of Hashem. The Kohen is compared to an angel. What about the Kohen is like an angel? The Kohen is a physical person. He lives here in a physical world. What does Malachi the Novi mean when he compares the Kohen to a Malach, to an angel? So what do we find about the Avodah Hashem of Malachim? There are many Malachim in Shemaim. And the Malach is a creation whose whole purpose and whose whole entity is revolves around the ability to serve Hashem. And yet, when the Malachim are called upon to serve Hashem, when they're meant to sing Shira, relate Hashem's praise, so what does each Malach do? Each one waits to receive permission from the others. Each one then gives permission to the other one. When the Malachim are coming together in a chorus to sing Hashem's praises, we don't find the Malach looking to be the soloist, to lead the heavenly choir. Each Malach is willing to look around him and offer the lead role, so to speak, to another Malach. And each Malach will first receive permission from the other Malachim before he begins to sing. What's the middah of a Malach? The middah of a Malach in Avodah Hashem is not that the Malach looks at it. I want to serve Hashem. I want to take the position of the Avodah Hashem. I want to be the one to begin the Shira. That's not the way a Malach looks at it. 
The Malach looks at it as I'm trying to serve Hashem. As is every other Malach. And if that's the case, let the Malach who's going to do the job the best be the one to do it. Let the Malach whose share will cause the greatest Kvot Shemayim be the one to do it. Because if my focus is on Avodah Hashem, then my focus is that Hashem should be served in the best way possible. And if that means someone, no, some Malach, other than oneself, is more qualified, is more capable, will do a better job, then the Malach will be nice and rishos to the other Malach. You do it, because you'll do a better job. If the focus isn't a person's ego that he wants to be the one to serve, that he wants to be the one to be chosen, the focus is on Avodah Hashem. And therefore, if the focus is on Avodah Hashem, who's the one best able to serve Hashem? Who's the one whose Avodah will be the most accepted? then he should be the one to do it. That's the level of a malach. And that's the level of a kohen. If the position of a kohen is who's going to be chosen for Avodah Hashem, then we're going to paraphrase that. The question of the kohen is, who's the one most interested in Avodah Hashem? And the way we look to find that person is the one who's able to stand down if he thinks somebody else will do the Avodah better. Because if the goal is how well the Avodah is done, then somebody who can do the Avodah better is more qualified than me. Let him be the one to do it. And therefore Aaron demonstrated his worthiness for the Kohana by the fact that Hashem sent Moshe to be the leader. And replace Aaron in that position. And Aaron's response, if Hashem chose Moshe, it means he's a better leader. Then he's happy to stand down. He's happy to transfer that power and that leadership and that authority to Moshe. Because Moshe will do a better job. Then Hashem says about Aaron, he deserves to be a coin. That's the middle of the Ovid Hashem. That's the middle which is needed to be a kohen. And yes, we have a second person in the Torah too, who was promised kohuna, who was given the, the honor and the privilege of serving Hashem as a kohen, and that was Pinchas. One might think that Pinchas' act was more the act of a lady. Pinchas got up, and in righteous indignation for what he saw, a travesty being committed, Pinchas goes and takes the law into his own hands. And he's going to be the one to execute justice in Zimri. That's the middle of a levy. Why was Pinchas made into a coin? And the answer is, Rabbi, so we have to look at the story through the eyes of Chazal. Chazal, the end of the 9th paragraph of Sanhedrin, the 10th paragraph of Sanhedrin, they talk about the story of Pinchas. They add an extra stage to the story. And that is when Pinchas saw what Zimri did. He didn't run to take the spear and race to kill him. 
Pinchas ran to Moshe. He said, Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't you teach us that Kanoi and Pogim boy? That somebody who's a Kanoi should be the one to Pogim, the one to attack Zimri. And understanding is, he's asking Moshe, Moshe, send the Kanoi to do that. Pinchas didn't decide to do it on his own. It was only after Moshe said to him, you be the one to carry it out, that Pinchas went forward. Because then he had been given sanction, you're the one who's been chosen to do the job. Before that, no, Pinchas, even though he felt that kanos, he didn't take the halacha into his own hands. He went to ask Moshe. Moshe chose the person to do the job. And had Moshe chosen somebody else, Pinchas would have been happy to let the other person do it. Let the best man be the one chosen to serve Hashem. And with this understanding, I both say, I would like to explain, suggest an explanation of a Gemara in Yoma which is very difficult to understand. And the Gemara is talking about the daily avoid of the Konim. And what began the day in the Besamikdash was the avoid of Trumas Adeshin. The avoider of removing the ashes which had been burning on the fire from the, yes, the previous carbonus during the night, and the ashes accumulated, and the current tremendous addition to take some of the ash off the Mizbech. And which coin would be the one who was who was able to do the avoider? So the mission says originally, any coin who was ready had prepared himself, was wearing the big day kahuna. When the Mamuna, the person in charge of the Kohanim, would come to Beis Hamikdash and he would open the gates of the Azara, so any such coin could run. And the fastest coin to reach the top of the ramp of the Mizbech would be the one to the Trumas It became a race. And that's the way Chazal set up the system. And that's the way it worked for ever many years until... Chazal noticed that there were that problems began to arise. And there was one story where one coin, in his haste to be the first, when he saw a different coin overtake him, he pushed him off the side of the ramp. And there was another story of a coin who, because he wanted to be the one to reach the top of the first, stabs another coin on, on, on the canvas in his back itself. And therefore Chazal stopped that system. And said instead they're going to be a lottery. And the coin who's going to be worthy to the Trumas Adeshin is going to be chosen up front rather than it being a situation where every coin can run and the fastest coin will be the one to do it. And I want to ask you a question. What was the logic in the system Why would Chazal institute a system that is going to cause competitiveness? That each coin is racing, so to speak, to get there before the other coin. Why would that be the right way to introduce the avoider? To choose the coin who's meant to do the job? Didn't Chazal foresee that it was going to cause fights? And the answer is, if we understand the Yisod we said tonight, Chazal, we're talking to Koyanim. And if that's the case, the underlying premise is meant to be 
let the one best suited to do the avoda be the one to do it. And if we're talking about the avoda of Trumas Hadash in the first avoda of the morning, then the requirement was the kind who's the biggest zaris, the one who's the most quick, the one who's there the first. He's the one who's the kind of meant to be zrizim. But the biggest zaris of the kind, the one who was the fastest, he deserves the avoda. And therefore, what was meant to have happened is each coin who thinks, I want to be that person. I want to be the one who's going to choose the avoda. I'm going to run. I'm going to try to be the Zaris myself. But if I see that I'm not the fastest, if I see that another coin overtakes me, then the way a coin is meant to react is that he's more appropriate than I am to do the avoda. And if that's the case, I'm willing and I'm happy to let him take the plead. He showed that he deserves it more. That a coin should push another coin off the, off the Mizbech. That's contrary to what the coin is meant to be. Avodah Hashem isn't trying to take the avoda for myself. Avodah Hashem is understanding that the person most roy is the one who is best suited to serve Hashem. So of course I'll try myself. But if I see I'm not the most suitable candidate, I see there's somebody better qualified than I am, then I stand aside because I know that this way the avoda will be done better. That was the original intention of Hazal. And it was only when the Kohenim lost the mind of acting like a Kohen that Hazal had to change the system. There's a deeper point here too. We said a coin is meant to be like a malach. The idea that in Avodah Hashem, a person negates themselves so that Hashem's job gets done better. Let's look at an interesting allusion to this, an interesting remez. We saw in last week's Haftarah, Yeshua sends two spies to Eretz Canaan, Pinchas and Kalev. And they reach Yerichoi, and they hide in the house of Rachav Hazayna. But while they're there, news of their arrival leaks to the king of Yericho and he sends soldiers to search for them. So the Pasuk says that Rachav takes the two spies and she brings them up to the roof of her house. And then the Pasuk says, Vatitz Benoi. And she hides him. And Chazal asked, there were two of them. And she brought them both to the roof. So it should have said she hid both of them. And Chazal explained that she only had to hide one. She only had to hide Kalev. Why not Pinchas? Because Pinchas was like a Malach. And therefore Pinchas could be there without being seen. Now that doesn't mean that Pinchas had the secret of how to become invisible. But it's a, and the depth here is understanding we said before. A malach who has the ability to render himself, so to speak, insignificant, so that avoidance Hashem should be done. A malach who can negate itself, that its interest is not what I want to do, or the honor I'll get from serving Hashem, but rather the fact that Hashem should be served, that's its primary identity.
then if the Kayan emulates that Malach, he also has the ability that the Malach has, that it becomes invisible. It becomes not seen. It comes from the Kayach of a person learning not to see themselves, not to focus on themselves and what they want to achieve, but rather the fact that Avodah Hashem should be done. That's the concept of what's required from a kayan. And it is necessary for a kayan. Because besides for the carbon atonement every morning, what did the kayan do during the course of the day? And the answer is, he was busy bringing carbonus for anyone who brought a carbon. Someone brought a carbon chatos because he needed a kapara. The kayan's job was to bring about that kapara. Someone brought a carbon oil because he wanted to come closer to Hashem. The coin facilitated that. The coin's day was made up with other people's avodas Hashem. The coin's preoccupation of Esamikdash was bringing the carbonus that other people sacrificed. That they would get the Ritsui. That they would get the Kapara. That they would get the Aliyah. The coin was just the functionary to bring that about. And therefore, to be a koyen, a person that to focus on, avoid us Hashem as a goal. That Hashem's being served. That other Jews are coming to bring karbonus. This is their avoid us Hashem which I'm helping them with. Not to focus on one's own avoid us Hashem. And that's the job of the Malachim too. The Malachim spend their time. Helping us with our Avodah Hashem. Bringing our Tvilas up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They don't focus on what they can do. But they're there to facilitate the Avodah Hashem of others. Because the goal is that Hashem should be served. And therefore to come back to where we began. Was Korach a good candidate for Kohen Gadol? And the answer is no, not just because Hashem didn't choose him. But because the very fact that Korach tries to promote himself as the Kohen Gadol is missing something. The concept of the Kohen is somebody who Hashem's chosen as the best man for the job. It's not something a person has to put himself forward for that I want to take it. And look at an amazing thing. Throughout Korach's conflict with Aaron, that he wanted to be the Kohen Gadol and not Aaron, we don't find Aaron says one word. Aaron's not involved. He was Korach's litigant. He was the one on the other side. Where does he have to say about this? And the answer is Aaron HaKohen says nothing. If Hashem wants Korach, then let him choose Korach. I'll step down. That's what Moshe says. Let Hashem choose who he wants to be the Kohen. Karach, you're coming with, you deserve it. The 250 Rosh Hashanah is filled, we're appropriate. That's missing the point of what a Kohen is meant to be. Let HaKadosh Baruch choose who he wants to serve him. And it's only when a person understands that, that the focus of Avodah Hashem is that Hashem should be served the best way. Let him choose the most appropriate person. That's what entitles the person. That's what makes him roi. 
makes him able to be given a tafkid in Avodah Hashem, to become a Kayin.